Six Pack Double Feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Insults, oddities, cartoons, it's all there. And of course, beer. Tell us your picks, guys. <laughs> Fuck you. You opened the beer. Because I start with that and I don't mean to. My, I was you getting it prepped and it went. Turned the microphone on. You looked right at me and then I went. What have I oh, done? My whole face. Oh, what are we doing? Hey, um, why don't you crack that sucker? We're making the impossible possible. <laughs> Did you hear something? I got, no. I haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> but that beer splashed and got on my face. Got on my arm. Did you feel refreshing? No. Like, Remember the Gatorade commercials in the 90s when they would like um, pour the shit all over their face? Yeah, that sounds gross. It, yeah, it's sticky. It was. Um, this episode is going to be interesting. <laughs> We um, we got an email. I made some convictions that apparently there is not going to be a 2.0. Boy, were we wrong. Boy, howdy. I got a message later going, you need to listen to one minute and 38 seconds into this episode. It's really fucking interesting. You, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do 2.0. You invaded Poland. I said 2.0. I said there's no way there's going to be a 2.0 because I figured there wasn't a lot Because there's no way that I've seen more Your than Your clip six. was empty. <laughs> I had to stretch to get Casablanca for a war movie. I thought, well, that was a good one. There's no way we can do 2.0. There's no way. So then, I said it. Then last year, uh, it was my 20th high school reunion. I went back and uh, talking to a, a lifelong friend of mine. Okay. And uh, introduced him to the podcast. Like literally lifelong. Not just lifelong. But Since about lifelong. the age of eight. Yeah. Yeah. Li- yeah. That's but, when life starts anyways, right? When you're about eight. I think life begins at 40. <laughs> and he and I are close to 40 now. So we're, we're about to be newborns. All right. He got into it, said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's bring him in. Um, Kyle, what's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. This is my buddy Kyle Stillwell from back home. We grew up together, raised some hell together, <laughs> snuck milk duds into uh, science w- class. No, 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 no. Let me back up. <laughs> you snuck milk duds into the movie. Uh, I was raised right. We went to, I forget what movie it was. might have been uh, Vegas Vacation. Oh yeah, we went so like to Dolphin Nuts. Three ninety four. Dolphin okay. Nuts. Dolphin we nuts. we went to uh, <laughs> we went to Big Lots before the movie. Kmart, <laughs> Kmart. And you bought the bulk bag oh, of yeah, milk it was duds. Big Lots, yeah. And I went to the Village Pantry, which is a like regional gas station. Okay. I bought a liter bottle of Coke. A liter bottle. Okay. And a so and not two at least. And so you can fit in your pants. Put it in my big Kurt Cobain baggy pants. I had this big corduroy coat and. I put it on. Did you get and, caught? And it had no. I didn't get caught because I I put my submarine sandwich in the other inside pocket and my liter of coke in the other inside yeah, pocket. We were rolling deep, rolling deep. And I would. Were you there for a double feature? <laughs> no, just I was. I was a fat kid, man. But he buys okay the thirty nine cent bag of about what was it thirteen fourteen pounds of junior mints. <laughs> And he's just sitting there with him on his lap like he's Jabba the Hutt. Like this is my feast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's surprised. We're sitting right under one of those. They, they, I mean, they lower the lights, but we're sitting right underneath the light. And he's this white. You saw everything. This white giant fucking bag of junior mints white reflecting and the a light. Touch of green. And yeah. the the I kept telling him like, dude, they're gonna take that shit away from you. And he's like, nah, fuck him, it's fine. I'm just, and just eating his junior mints. Did they take it away from? Fuck him? yeah! The usher came by and was like, sir, you can't have that. And he was like, oh man. 
I still had my sandwich and my Coke, though, because they were in my pocket. He was waiting. He wasn't grub happy. <laughs> I was parceling out my snack food items. I got to wait. I, I got to wait till he walks away. Here's the thing. He, he, brought, he brought entrees. I brought enough snacks to last. You know, I was powering through that shit. I didn't want to take any snacks home. So I had to make sure I got through all of them. No, I'm not carrying any of that shit home. Leave no snack behind. Right. Leave no snack behind. <laughs> So treat him like a ranger. Kyle, <laughs> ranger. Kyle had. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, tell us what happened, Kyle. You you listened to you got into you you got your favorite he, episodes. He loved our like. episodes 1.0 when it wasn't called 1.0. Well, here's here's the thing. I started started browsing the catalog and uh, you skipped season one, right? No, I, well, I listened to some of season one. I listened okay, sorry. to Clue and Murder by Death. No, and your, I really when, when really like enjoyed that episode because right. I loved both those movies and. Went to a few other episodes that I really enjoyed and started, you know, Travis like, hey, well, tell me what you think about him. So we started talking about him. and Because more- if nothing, this man is, he will be honest with you. <laughs> if nothing else. And uh, back yeah. home, when back I got home the message, listeners- you go, my buddy Kyle's got an opinion about uh, war movies. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Well, he. <laughs> well, then, I, you know, I came across war movies and I was thinking, you know, I like war movies. I'm going to listen to this one. I listened to it and I said, "You do realize Travis is one half of this episode, right?" <laughs> and I said, "You know, uh, we got we got to do take two on that." <laughs> so I hit Travis up and I said, "I haven't seen any more than the six I talked about, and Casablanca was a stretch." I said, "How about this? You come down, come down, you hang, you tell us, you make you make lists for us." After hearing a minute and 38 seconds in, there was a, it can never happen to have a 2.0. I said, let's make the impossible possible. <laughs> so here I am. And I'm glad to be here. It's, All right. It's a miracle so, kid or what? I, I believe if, if you made our lists, you gave Nathan one. Nathan knows one movie on his. I know one movie on mine. Correct. Okay. I have and seen five. I have no idea. I have what. seen half, uh, about thirty minutes of the movie that was supposed to be on mine because Kyle turned up a little early last. I'm night. I'm sure you'll never watch it, but okay. No, actually, I will. I, I will. It's uh, well, what we saw was good. It yeah, kind of yeah. told the story we need to tell. Yeah, I think I think I can. Yeah, I'd actually seen it before a long time ago. Anyway, screw that. I'm dying to see these lists. What are the lists that you've given us? All right. And so who go. won the coin toss? Well, oh, the way it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> the, way, the way we kind of lined it up here and the way that makes most sense is going to be I'm going to lead us off Travis is going to follow and you're going to close, close the door there nope 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 yep and nope <laughs> uh, going in order of six to one yes no no yes no no you I figured I would have been three and three I think I'm um, uh, God, man, I'm only two for six. Weak sauce, fellas. I am weak sauce. <laughs> I hope you have enough Sergeant, material Sergeant to Stilwell's talk about. Sergeant here to handle things. We got this. <laughs> you going to PT our ass till we're fucking buttermilk? <laughs> That's full metal jacket. Full metal jacket. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's let's go for it. Um, so uh, my number six is actually uh, 1976 Midway, and this movie is a. Uh, this is my number six movie for kind of a sentimental reason. My grandpa passed away my last day of second grade. Okay. And that being said, I got chicken pox the same day. Bummer. So, yeah, pretty big kick in the nuts. And this is my last day of school. So it was kind of a bad day. My dad just put his dad in the ground. Comes home and we're sitting on the couch watching this movie. 
So this was a movie of the week that was on that day. And my memory of this movie is just sitting on the couch with my dad the day my grandpa passed and watching that whole movie. And really, my dad kind of explained stuff to me. And a little spoiler alert, but then again, you've had 43 years to watch the movie, so... <laughs> I'll give you ample time. <laughs> but, uh, Charles, In the next I'm familiar <laughs> 10 with the seconds. <laughs> Charlton Heston uh, dies at the very end in kind of a tragic plane crash. Okay. He just had a tender moment with his son right before that happened. Okay. And I remember just crying on my dad. A lot of emotions going on, and my dad sure, kind sure. of sitting there. We were up until 11 o'clock at night. I was uh, <laughs> eight years old, you know, watching the movie with my dad. So. so Midway, Charlton Heston. Yep. Who else is in it? Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. Okay. How Hol- the- How Holbrook. Oh, I love oh, How Holbrook. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So I'm I'm next, correct? Yes. Uh, All right. Yes, sir. I am familiar with my number one. Or well, hey, why don't we am I going? Six? Am I going in order? No, from you're number six. Six to one. Okay. Jeez, man. Um, I've is actually. From, is this the first podcast? Don't worry. I, you'd think he'd never done this before. <laughs> I've seen decent chunks of this, if not the whole thing, but it's been it's been a minute. Is it that, is uh, Ferris Bueller's Gettysburg. It's been a while. No, nope. it's probably been. It's, he's in Gettysburg, right? No, no he's in Glory. I'm thinking of Glory. Fuck. No, Travis, I've never. Travis I've, number no, six okay. is Gettysburg. <laughs> You're thinking of Glory. That's, star, that's starring. Everybody. I'm actually not sure if I've actually got, seen Gettysburg. And it's I got was Martin Sheen, Tom Berenger. When you said Gettysburg, I was thinking Glory. Too. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> who, okay. Who directed? Uh, some guy. Yeah, guy. Insert name here. This guy director. I know Martin Sheen's in it. I know um, you Tom know Berenger's in it, right? The, the guy who played the number two guy in Logan's Run, he's in it. Richard Jordan. What? Uh, what year? What year was that? What's what year? That? What year was Gettysburg? Oh, uh, ninety-four. God, I remember it, but I don't remember it at the same time. It's very historically accurate. Okay. It's very. See, I much appreciate. I appreciate that. In tune with the battle and how things. The, Dude, uh, I have seen this. I watched it when it was on. Because... Uh, Jeff, Jeff Daniels is in it. Jeff Daniels, right. Okay, he plays, yeah. He plays Joseph Chamberlain, who leads the charge down Little Round Top. Little Round Top, yeah. Now, here's Short the thing. Round. When you watch, he has a masterful performance. You watch this gritty school teacher from Maine lead a charge down a hill with no bullets, and you think, that's a comedic sidekick for Jim Carrey at Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the same year. That, that, that's how, I mean. That's the guy that shit his <laughs> ass out. If I'm looking for someone to shit their ass out, this is the guy. Look at that wonderful <laughs> mustache. This is the guy I went shitting and playing next to Jim Carrey. I'm sure that's how he got the role. Was, I mean, one had to go with the other. <laughs> this was the guy so, that was in terms of endearment. That oh, you know, was completely unfaithful to his wife. I'll tell you what, that, that shows his acting range in all yeah, seriousness. Truly. I like Jeff Daniels. How, I think he's have great. Have either of you guys been just, to Gettysburg? I yes, actual, it's about thirty it's years chilling. ago. Did we go for? We didn't go as part of school, did we? No. Yeah, I, Mom, I went with my dad right before he passed. Oh, that's cool. It was like one one of the things he wanted to do before he passed away. Went to see Gettysburg. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was chilling to me. I was like thirteen or fourteen when I went, but it was still really cool. I don't. I was too. I think enough I was too, of it. I was about ten, and I wish I had went when I was a little bit older. I appreciated it. I just I was a little. I was 14, you know. Wow, that was a good pick of mine, Gettysburg. Boy, that was great. Good job, Travis. Was that your number Man, six? That was my number six. So my number six was Dunkirk. And I... You've seen Dunkirk. fucking love Dunkirk. Okay. It's Christopher well, Nolan. Tell us about it. You got a hard-on for Christopher Nolan, though, but he is I good. I do. He, he is he, good. He though. loves Knowles. I do love Christopher Nolan. I like Nolan. him, too. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I think I what I really like about Dunkirk is that it's... It's it's very different from your traditional war movie, 
or even just just action films in general. Um, it kind of focuses on the – it doesn't kind of – it focuses on the evacuation. So it's not a traditional war movie in that, okay. spent, in that sense. It's the British soldiers uh, getting up to the north of France at the uh, beaches of Dunkirk to get the hell out of there so they can regroup before uh, the U.S. eventually gets involved with the war. And the story is told in three different perspectives because there's one by land, which takes about a week. Two if by sea. Two two if by sea, believe it or not, which is about a day. And then there's one if by air, (laughs) which is about an hour. And so those stories kind of interact uh, interact but they intercut between each other to where you start on land and when they finally get to the shore and they're just waiting for a no uh, one can't help himself he always pick up home right mm. and then yeah he's very untraditional when it comes to narratives this is a week before this actually happens and then it's a uh, day before this happens, and that story gets to Dunkirk, and then the story that happens above in the air for the last hour. And then all of those stories kind of intercut back and forth before they kind of meet at that same point at the end. Okay. And you don't realize that that's the good, dog that's fights. That's good writing. Yeah. The way what you're seeing with the dog fights is you're seeing stuff that's happening in the last hour. But when it drops back down to the story on land, it's just the troops getting to whatever ship they can possibly try to get on to get them back home. I don't think I need to see the movie now. Yeah, well, I can, like I'm going to see you, I can go, tell, hey, I like can, you're going to want to rewatch it. But it's it's probably Nolan's one of Nolan's outside of his first film. It's Nolan's shortest movie. It was only 70 pages when he wrote it. How do you rank it in canon of his work? Probably top three. Wow. Okay. I would probably put it in top three or four. Uh, my dad and I just went and saw that in the theater, and you're just on the edge of your seat almost the entire time, just waiting for it to end. Like how many of these guys are going to get out, and how many okay. aren't? It just kind of broke that traditional narrative of Which your no standard is, no war one is film. Good at yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, clearly you've seen Dunkirk, Kyle. What's your number five? Now my number five is a bit of a stretch. But what I went with here was Dances with Wolves. <sighs> Now, a lot of people think of that as a Western, and I get that. But you think about No, it's Civil War, though. You begin, or the, the, the end well, of the Civil be, War, the right? The beginning of the movie is he's fighting a battle in the Civil War. Yes. And John Jay, exactly, which was yes. all improv, where he has arms out to the side. It was all Kevin Costner improv. It's not in the script. Hmm. Uh, but they liked it so much, it became kind of iconic. I, I remember that. And then later in the movie... You see the civil war between the Indians. And the battle for Custer. <laughs> Custer's <laughs> right. last stand. And then right. at the end of the movie, it talks about the war between the white men and the, Indi- the Native Americans. So there's actually basically three different wars discussed and mentioned or okay. incorporated in that movie. So don't think of it as a Western. Think of it as a, as a war movie Do because you, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. Have you seen the director's cut? I think of it as – It's like a, four hours long. Yeah, yeah originally – Four hours long. Originally, compared- yeah. And the studio made him cut it down. He was. He's. I really like the director's cut. To be honest with I you, now, it, granted, it's. I think it's like an hour longer than the three-hour movie that is. He Dance cannot of make. He's. He started being. Able it's to just not character. Make a movie. Yeah, it's character development. It's. It's interesting. I. I enjoy it, and in fact, it's probably the only version that I've watched for the past ten plus years. So, Kyle, you say think of it as. I like three this. different war movies. Yeah. I think of it as a movie I've never seen. 
<laughs> so this is the list is called movies that Travis hasn't seen 1.0. <laughs> Or that would 7. Be, dude, that would be a fun pick six. <laughs> Movies we've never seen. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> be a real quick episode. <laughs> I heard it's good. I heard it's good. Hey. Can you talk about it? No, I haven't seen it either. I heard, she I heard it's bad. I heard she shows her boobs in that one. <laughs> haven't Suddenly seen, the list went higher. Haven't on... seen, but I will put it on my list. Uh, I think you guys are telling me I need to watch Dances with Wolves. No, not necessarily. It's, it's, I love it, Kevin Costner. I love well, his work. You, well, watch. I'll be honest with you. Of the... Rip your heart kind of too. bloated Kevin Costner movies, in my opinion, it's the best of all of those. See, I don't bloated. think of his movies as bloated. I think of them as I I beg to differ. Out. If we long winded, ah, uh, yeah, okay, well, the it's thing, the same though, way. If we go back to that, though, people weren't making movies. No, they weren't. That's true, and, and that was kind of it was groundbreaking he, in a small sense. Yeah. He was. Well, you got to also understand that Dance with Dances with Wolves was probably one of the first movies that really put the Native American in a good light, good light yeah. uh, okay. compared to everything Make them savages from that are fucking 20s and 30s up. And yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so he is very well respected in that manner for that book, the book that was adapted into his his film. Right. So there, there is a lot of that, but it's just it's really good because Mary McDonald plays a she's an American she's nah. she's a white woman, but she was raised by uh, the Sioux. Is it the Sioux? I can't. It was the Sioux. Okay, it was the Sioux. No, but she was originally stolen by the Cherokee. That's right. The Sioux okay, stole her or the Pawnee. That stole but she was raised back. by Native but Americans. Fun so. fact about about her in the movie: she requested that they tone down the lovemaking scenes because Kevin Costner was a bit too aggressive. <laughs> huh. And she... A little, little rapey. Well, a little rapey, but in a well, classy way. Classy rape. That's always what I go for. He, drug, he, <laughs> he drugged her wine, not her beer. But, but apparently, apparently it was a little too much for her. And she said... You I'm need to... Uh, do this hey, slow down, down there. Which most, most women at that time would have said, give it to me, Kev. Yeah, I just... I need the job. <laughs> and I'm surprised that they listened to her. That's, Did she, she yeah, squeal yeah. out to Tonka a little too much? It is not a slow three hours. No, it is a, in my oh, opinion, okay. it's an yeah. You're like, okay. oh, engaging three hours. Oh, okay, totally different. It really is. So dancing don't with get wolves. yeah. Don't dancing get intimidated by the time. I'm yeah. not intimidated by it. It just never seemed that well, interesting yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. My number five. I'm not going to shout it, but it's Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, that's so good. Great movie. Good I watched, Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Watched the uh, first thirty minutes of it last night. Actually, it's a refresher. Oh yeah. Kyle gave me a little tip off. Okay. He gave me a little uh, little intel. I gave him just a tip. Gave some, just, <laughs> just, a, just a tip off. Um, it literally, the first thing I noticed was it opens almost exactly the same way MASH does with okay. this misfit getting where he needs, getting to his assignment. And then sort of a hapless, first of all, it's Forrest Whitaker. Who is I love Forrest Whitaker in anything. He's kind of like his radio producer, right, or something along. Yeah, those but he's lines. sort of this yeah. hapless. He like he wants to follow the rules, but he's also kind of a kid. Yes, so he doesn't <laughs> want to follow those rules. It's, yeah. it's almost like his parents have yeah. sent him to pick up Robin Williams' character, and he puts him in that that jeep, almost just like Mash. And then he's he, kind of starstruck a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then he drives him to his post, and he tells him what he's got to do, and he wakes him up, and then he's kind of like he's almost like Radar from Mash. He's yeah, a little, okay. little little innocent. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I'll be honest, Kyle and I started drinking and we paused the movie and started talking and I didn't get to finish it. And then three it. hours later, you're like, ah, where were we going to finish But there was one thing that we did talk about that I thought made a lot of sense was, uh, you see the morale boost that these troops were getting. Absolutely. At, at the point yeah. in time, yeah. they were looking forward to that broadcast and the way they lit up and you could really get a sense for how shitty that place really was 
and how much a little bro- radio broadcast like can bring to the Soldiers' Day. How, like that little that little gleam of they're looking forward to this in their two two hours day. your day yeah. not yeah. being shitty. Yeah. yeah. Two hours or one or two hours of your day not being shitty and the fact that it was just a touch of home in Americana. Because even then, depending on how long, I'm, my guess would be is how long they had been already, you know, deployed in the, or whatever. You know, deployed, that maybe they hadn't heard a disc jockey liked that yet. Sure. And then, oh, then okay. they get the, you know, this is what we're starting to move towards. Yeah. There's supposed to be a sequel made to it called Good Morning Chicago in 1992. What happened? Fe- fell apart financially. Was he just going to be? It was going to be the same character, Adrian Croner. Okay, that's cool. And uh, it's set during Chicago in the seventies, but it just didn't work out. They uh, it was going to be basically when he comes home from Vietnam, what he went to next. Did you? Good morning, Chicago. I doesn't. Did you watch the tongue as well? Did you watch Quantum Leap at all? Oh, I love. Qu- I have all four seasons at home. Do you remember the episode Good Morning Peoria? He had leapt into the. The, he left the into body a body of, of a disc jockey? Yeah, in okay. Peoria, Illinois, of a failing radio station. They were yeah. going to tear it down or whatever. But So Sam lives. Sam had left from the year 1999, so Good Morning Vietnam coming out in 87. He had that memory, so he starts to cop um, Adrian's character for, Good morning, Peoria! And he did all the bullshit, and it was... Mm-hmm. It literally, he like stole 20% of the story just right. for that episode of Quantum Leap, but it worked, and it was... It was great, and it's, he gets that iconic line, good morning, Vietnam, out of the way, like, what, in the first seven minutes, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah, the Sun, the Sun Times said that was the best war comedy since MASH. And yeah. I would, I would agree with that. So according to Kyle, my number five is good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, what's Kyle's number five for you? Number four for you? Number five for you, yeah. My number five is the homoerotic uh, Spartacus. <laughs> Now, oh, yeah. here's the thing. Which version? No, I'll take that back. But I, I've heard things. I'll be honest with you. I have not seen Spartacus. I know that's a Kubrick film. And I, now, now, now here's, here's the thing. War Movies yeah. 1.0. Nathan had a Stanley Kubrick movie starring Kirk Douglas. That's true. And he just, he just picked the wrong one. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So here's the thing. His number six movie in War, movie, War Movies 1.0 was Braveheart. Spartacus okay. is 1960s Braveheart. Just the, Roman. The, the, the battle scenes right. that they do and the magnitude of what was happening. It was in color. Uh, this was the only movie where Stanley Kubrick did not have complete artistic control. The studio was kind and, of it was going with hardball black- on him on that one, well, right? Well, the screenplay was written by a guy who was blacklisted. Dalton Trumbo. He was one of the Hollywood 10. Oh, okay. And at the time, that was a real big deal. Communist affiliations? Exactly. <laughs> right, and okay. JFK actually was real important in breaking down the, the barriers. Oh, that's of, right. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. No wonder they so, shot him. I've yeah. been meaning to watch that for probably 15 years. Now, and uh, I'll be honest with you. If it had been car, easily available as like, to stream, I probably would have watched it by now. Um, so that's my number f- five. Spartacus, number five. Your number five. Good, five. Good pick, man. Good, good job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. I picked Kyle, that one just for you, Kyle. Kyle, what's your number? What's your number four? My number four is Platoon, nineteen eighty-six. Platoon. Oliver Stone, Charlie okay. Sheen, Tom Berenger, William Defoe, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, I love Johnny Depp. That's I mean, right. Johnny Depp's in he was, Johnny oh, Depp yeah. was the uh, one of the translators, right? Yes, he was. Yeah, okay. Huh. See, look, I've seen it. Fuck you. <laughs> I've not seen Platoon. I know, I know a couple things kidding. about Platoon. Now, but. now here, okay, Platoon was made in 1986. Yep. 
check this out. When Jim Morrison died in 1971, uh-huh. one of the possessions that, that he had on his person, uh-huh. the script for Platoon. Charlie Sheen's role in Platoon was written for Jim Morrison. From by who? Who wrote Oliver Stone? Oliver Stone. Wow. It wouldn't surprise me. Oliver Stone usually had it took that written, long to get that movie made. Had written his because Oliver Stone was himself a war veteran from Vietnam, huh. and that would not have surprised me that he had been writing um, that's, that's great, certain scripts for years before actually being picked up by any studio. Remember that scene where they're going to rape that uh, VC? Yes. And. Uh, Charlie Sheen comes in, starts fucking. Tries to be the voice of reason. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Good acting. Yeah. Right. This well, is... it was one of his first roles, so <laughs> he didn't have. The, um, yet, well, anyway, yet. that that scene is a true scene based on Oliver Stone's experience in Vietnam. Oliver Stone was Charlie Sheen. I was gonna say he, broke, it's, up, he it's, broke up a rape. Wow, that's awesome. John McGinley's in that. Yep. And yes. I heard him talking about. Uh, he was on. He was on. McGinley does a lot of stuff for Stone. At least he did for the first like ten to fifteen years. He was probably on a podcast. I don't remember what okay. one it was, but he was talking about his time on Platoon. And do you know where it was shot, Kyle? Where it was filmed? I don't have that off the top of my head. The other big actors were out. They were like doing. They were doing training, like military training. And his part was not as big as everybody else's. So he was kind of, kind of gold bricking it a bit, kind of hanging back at the hotel bar. But he was seeing Charlie Sheen and these other guys out there with the trainers and Oliver Stone going like, their fucking parts are bigger because they're out there putting in the work. I'm back here. Not kinda, putting in the work. Kind of loafing it. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out there and I'm going to fucking I'm gonna get after it. It's not the story so much. It's the way I tell it. That's compelling. <laughs> well, uh, after they napalm that, that whole area. Uh-huh. And, uh, bearing, bearing in mind, I've never seen this movie. I'm talking Nathan. Oh, okay. I'll just fuck myself then. <laughs> After they, na- <laughs> <laughs> I tried to help the same face, but after they napalm the area, that raw character runs over and sees a dead VC, kind of hanging there. Reaches in his front pocket, and grabs something out of it. iPhone balls. No heroin. Ah, VCs use heroin instead of morphine. For pain, okay, for, for, so, pain, for pain management. Yeah, oh. you just don't stab him once. You got to stab him three times. Is that why? <laughs> for real? Is that why so many vets came back as heroin addicts? Yes. Huh. So when so the ones I always really I always wondered I was steal it from the dead ones. I always wondered why they came back with. I always wondered where they got it. Yeah, that, that's know? what I always wondered too. Like, how do you how do you get? They got a dealer. How do you, yeah, how do you go over there? How do you go over there and get <laughs> and get that? Yeah, like weed. Well, they don't have morphine, but they have something that's very close. Wow. All right. Yeah, so, it wasn't until like the mid '80s till they really started to realize, hey, well, you know what? And they, was, sh- they shot the movie in 54 days. All right. So platoon. That's your number four. four. My number four is Kelly's Heroes. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood's in that. Yeah, it's been a long time. Clint Eastwood. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I have more knowledge of that movie at this very moment from reading a retrospective on Clint Eastwood's films than, <laughs> than the last time I actually saw Kelly's Heroes. I think it was meant to be more satirical than it ended up being. Yes. Okay. But what war does it depict? World War Two, hmm. weren't they like trying to find gold or something? Well, along essentially, those lines? no. That was uh, We Three Kings. Oh, starring George Different, Clooney and twenty years later, thirty. <laughs> well, years essentially, later. their uh, own troops opened up mortar fire on them. So Clint okay. Eastwood, you know, as you would expect, took offense to that, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he kidnapped. A, I take offense to it too. He kidnapped a German correspondent, found a gold bar and a briefcase, and got the guy liquored up on whiskey. 
and had him tell him where the remaining gold was. And it turns out there was 14,000 gold bars in a town about 30 miles away. Lexington? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, at the end of the day, because of miscommunication and military intelligence, they became heroes because Hmm. the commanding officers of different divisions thought this was a group in battle. So they send people to help them. They'll get medals and get commandants and Don Rickles is in that too, right? Yes, he is. Okay, and so does he play Don- a Rickles character? Does he play a comedian? Oh, I'm sure he plays a smartass. If I remember, and so is Don- Donald Sutherland's in it as well. Okay, mm. but yeah, it's got some good comedy in it. It's a, but it's also got good action. It's a good story based on true events that were. Okay. You know? Okay. It's good. I remember enjoying it, but yeah, it's definitely what, late 60s? It, it came uh, around the same time as MASH, too, and it was okay. also considered a war comedy. It falls in that same category, along with, it seems like the majority of the movies you chose on your list have a, a <laughs> little almost, bit of comedy spectrum in it. It's so. almost like, this war is hilarious. Let's talk more about it. <laughs> it's, see, that's, the, that's, where, that's what happened. They, they misquoted him. It's not war is hell. It's war is hilarious. Kelly's Heroes, my number four. My number four is a movie I'm not even 100% certain of. I've, I've heard of. The Boys in Company C. Kyle, please. Oh, that's a good one. How old are we talking with this one? Because it sounds World War II. Is it or no? No, it's Vietnam. Okay. Well, I'm already off on that. So <laughs> keep talking. <laughs> this was the first movie for Arlie Army. Oh. What, what year? Uh, 1976, give or take. Wow. Okay, so okay. a good 10-plus yeah, before 10 he really before, hit the uh, screens Full Metal Jacket. with... In fact, yeah. this movie was a, a big influence on Full Metal Jacket. So, okay. Is that why he was in Full Metal Jacket? No, we'll, we will get there. Okay. We will get there. Essentially gets a bu- group of misfits who ain't worth a fuck, so he makes sure they knows it. And <laughs> <laughs> one guy steps up to be a leader of the... Essentially, what, hap- what ends up happening is they go on some bullshit missions... And they do an all right job. They get sent on another bullshit mission where they have to uh, deliver booze and cigarettes and all kinds of shit. Okay. That's not a bullshit mission. That's a very, very important. We want to keep these guys sane. Yeah, keep these. No, keep these. Keep those yeah. guys safe. Well, yes, yeah, safe too. Yeah. <laughs> well, some people get shot and killed, and if things go wrong, way anyway, they get an opportunity to go home. They play in a soccer game and lose the soccer game. Done. Do I get a juice uh, box at the end so of the soccer game? They end up they end up throwing this they end up going out and winning the soccer game. Movie ends with a quote that I think was actually a pretty good quote. It says, uh, I guess we'll just keep on walking into one bloody mess after another until somebody figures out that living has to be more important than winning. Yeah, that sounds very much Vietnam. If you've ever <clears throat> have you watched the Ken Burns uh documentary on Vietnam? Holy mackerel. Oh man, I haven't seen. I, I watched the World War. It's II amazing. One. It's just it just it, within the first episode, you're like, why did we get involved with this? And then it was just, can we just spin PR yeah. to make our country think that it's it's okay that did we're think, wasting these American lives and all just lives in general with what we're doing? Did they yeah. think there was oil in Vietnam? No, rice, <laughs> rice. Your number one. Oh, was it what? was his number. My number four was the boys in Company C. So, Kyle, what's your number? Quattro. Yeah. My number three. Yeah, it'd be his number three. His number three. Oh, he starts. Remember. I don't know. Full Metal Jacket. Anyone who runs is a VC. Anyone who stands still is a well-disciplined VC. 
<laughs> you guys ought to do a story about me sometime. Why should we do a story about you? Because I'm so fucking good. That ain't no shit, neither. I've done got me 157 dead goose killed. And 50 water buffaloes, too. Then we're all certified. Any women or children? Sometimes. How can you shoot women and children? Easy. You just don't lead them so much. <laughs> Ain't war hell. Fun-loving kind of guy right there. Well, you know, he does that rule very, very well. That's a small rule in the movie. He was supposed to be Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. After 30 minutes of yelling at the extras and the, and the cast. This is too serious. <laughs> couldn't do it. Couldn't handle it. So he said. They okay. couldn't handle it or he couldn't handle it? He couldn't. He said, I don't like this. I don't want this job. I don't want this role. Arlie Ermey was hired on that set as a technical advisor. He had no role to begin the movie. Stanley Kubrick, who's a big fan of Boys of Company C, uh, okay. gave Arlie Ermey familiar. a chance to do the movie. Huh, that being said, Arlie Ermey said, I'm not going to do what you wrote. That's not, that's not real shit. Stanley I'll show you Kubrick, real shit. Hold on. Stanley Kubrick said, okay, you can write your own dialogue. Okay, you got it. Which he never does. That's sure, not Stanley not, Kubrick's not style. Not at all. Not at all. Early no. Army wrote 150 pages of insults. <laughs> and then did 180 on screen. <laughs> so 150 pages of insults, all Early Army. Well, it's because he was an actual like gunnery sergeant, sergeant, right? From 61 so, to 72, he was an right, actual sergeant. That's not surprising. All right. And his first four movies. It came from real life. Because it's a tale of two, yeah, two aspects of war. Training. That's the reason why I didn't want to go in the military is Full Metal Jacket and Act One. Were you gonna? I seriously considered going to the shit. army twice. Wow, I didn't know that about that you. That was it. That was it. That was as far as I got is watching these movies and went maybe not. I never once considered it. All right, uplifting. <laughs> That's your number. That's my number three. Full Metal Jacket, great watch. Matthew Modine. My number three is a movie that I always kind of wanted to see, uh, but it stars Tom Cruise, and and that's where it lost me, which is Valkyrie. I've Powerful seen that movie. once. You see, who directed it's more, that? It's uh, Christopher McQuarrie, and it's what World War Two. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It's McQuarrie the, the plot wrote, to kill Hitler. Um, yeah, it, he wrote um, a plot to kill Hitler. It's the last usual plot suspects that attempted to kill Hitler. Yes. You know what, you guys know, do you guys know what killed Hitler? Argentinian summers in time. The heat in Argentina is horrible. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard it in German, strangely enough. I'll tell you one thing, though, about this guy who plays uh, Valkyrie, Stauffenberg. Bad motherfucker. The guy that it's about? Yeah. With the eye patch? He has uh, half an arm blown off, three fingers on the other hand blown off, and a battle in Africa, which was actually Patton versus Rommel. Okay. Refused morphine okay. in the hospital. Because he didn't want to get addicted to it. So okay. he got his whole, everything surgically repaired with no pain meds. Wow. They didn't put that in the movie because they didn't think it would be believable. Sure. But, uh, but that's why Tom Cruise liked it because he's an anti-med. They don't actually mention Rommel in the movie whatsoever. This whole implication of Valkyrie is what led to his suicide. They don't mention that in the movie, but that's, this was, he was implicated in the plot as well. Okay. Because they had to get approval through the German government and the German archives of the history they didn't want Rommel's name to get tarnished in the movie 
So we're gonna tarnish God, that'd be here. awful to tarnish the name of a fucking Yeah, so Nazi. we're going to tarnish it here. Fucking Nazis. <laughs> Interesting plot. Good conspiracy. And the close, it is a good conspiracy. And it actually did not come as close to being pulled off as they make it out in the movie. But it was still the closest they ever came to getting Hitler. Outside of their American accents. Did they do... Did they... Did they type American I don't accents? remember what. I do remember. Or was it just it was because a, Tom Cruise and did yeah. just an American movie? I'm not sure. Okay. It always looked interesting, and I always wanted to watch it, but it's also like. War. You guys probably remember the History Channel in the 90s became the Hitler, well, the World, the War, World, II World War II channel. channel. I actually went out and bought it for this podcast. So, Six Pack Double Feature is generating money for the entertainment industry since 2017. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. You can send your check to Tom Cruise at. Uh, yeah, you owe me one, way. Tommy boy. You owe me. Valkyrie, my number three. Kyle, no, Nathan. Uh, Nate, no. What's your number? Jeez, get it right. Three. Sorry. I'm only messing I'm up. Speaking Sorry. of Tom Cruise, I thought you were going to say the same movie as me because my number three is Tom Cruise and Born on the Fourth of July. Okay, which is actually Oliver Stone did a three part series. He did Heart and Souls. Born on the Fourth of July and Platoon are both. Part of that series, he won Best Director for uh, this one as well. But um, Platoon won Best Picture um, this year. That one of the Fourth of July lost to uh, Driving Miss Daisy, if I remember correctly. That's a that's a wide chasm right there. Yeah, you like that? It, what I like with that one is it really showed the anti-war movement from a veteran's point of view. Okay, and the fact that. Tom Cruise himself is almost born on the 4th of July. I think his birthday is July 3rd. So it's also... So in China, early. technically... Right, depending on when you're recording his birth. <laughs> but that, there was also the additional similarities in, in that respect, which is kind of kind of weird. Do you know who they almost had play Tom Cruise instead of Tom Cruise? Um, Willem Dafoe. Al Pacino. Gross. That... <laughs> Al Pacino was 38 at the time. A little too Cruise old. Was 27. A little too old for that. And, and but originally, William Cat. <laughs> when they shot Platoon, Oliver Stone told Charlie Sheen it was his job. So Charlie Sheen was really pissed off. So. I do not want to see Charlie Sheen pissed off. No, he'll go bleed on you or something. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Winning. <laughs> I want to check that definition, Chuck. And Ron Kovac, man, he actually he had the whole. The real deal Vietnam experience. Killed his own man, injured in battle, went through the VA hospital. I mean, this guy, talk about ups and downs, highs and lows. Is this he guy, the guy that it's about? The, yeah, Ron oh, Kovic. Okay. He's an activist. I don't care. Did he become an actual he, politician he, or not? No, I can't remember. He, he went to a Democratic uh, Republic Republican. of Congo. I was going to say that too. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> We've been doing this too long. Yeah, I know. But yeah, he he became an activist because of how the world was perceiving what was going on over there. He wanted the world to know. This is what he was told because you kind of get the romanced version of the first part of the movie with Cruz and wanting to go to Vietnam. Yeah, I and mean, then he, you he get the Vietnam boy that experience. Just loved his country and wanted sure. to be, you know, do his he job. He wanted to be patriotic, and, yeah. and 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 then he went, and it was completely said, different. Which is another reason why I recommend. He said, "I wanted to share that with that documentary as nakedly and openly and intimately as I possibly could what I had gone through. I wanted them to know what it really meant to be in war, to be shot and wounded, to be fighting for my life in the intensive care ward." Not the myth we had grown up believing. He wanted to be heard. And he made sure that he was. And 
The story is actually it's pretty engaging. The movie can be a little slow or long, but it's uh <laughs> It's just as good as Platoon, it's just in a different different manner. vein. Yeah. yeah. All right. Born We're on the fourth of July. Morphine in one vein, it's the heroin in the other one. <laughs> well no, they do they would do morphine in one and cocaine in the other oh. to that was that was MK Ultra. Okay. That's a different um it's a different part of the military. Psyops type stuff. <laughs> do you need a beer? Yeah. Cool, here you go. All right. You feel like a proud father, don't you? I have no idea what that feels like. N- feel neither like does my dad. Proud it's okay. podcaster, don't you? <laughs> Kyle, what is your number two? My number two movie is Last of the Mohicans. Oh, I never thought about that as being a See, war movie. Uh, and when we did war, a, the war movies 1.0. The French, uh, French, Indian French, Indian war. French Indian War. Se- yeah. They call it the Seven Years War. Oh, okay. Okay. Michael Mann. That's a good movie. Is Michael, Michael Mann? Mann? Yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah. It's like 92. Daniel it's really Day Lewis. Good. I know it's Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. This was his first non indie movie. And first. In preparation for this role, he lived two months in the wilderness. A fucking he's very, he, of he's very he method. Hey, he's a bad motherfucker. He's very method. I heard in his uh, preparation for his, uh, uh, his role as Lincoln, he actually had somebody shoot him in the back of the head at the theater. <laughs> he's dead now, oddly. Oh, over 900 <laughs> Native Americans actually used. It wasn't you know, people Mexican. in brown dressed up like a yeah that's cool the score the score of that movie is amazing I want to stop you Nathan who did the score for that movie uh, I know you know I'm it's on the tip of my tongue I can't think of it at this moment well it's nice uh, nice callback to being not being able to pull the name no normally you can normally I can it's like something now I gotta look it up now you make me look it up thanks the song is called The Gale and it's kind of their flagship song. Trevor Jones and Randy uh, Edelman. I was hoping you were going to say Randy Newman. I was thinking <laughs> Harry or Henry something, and I was way Harry off. Henderson. Harry Henderson. Yes. Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. yes. They did a, they did a, a novelty song well, for the movie. Well, it's Harry and the Oh, I'm nuts. the last of the Mohicans. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all Sasquatch. Harry and his Hendersons, or Harry's. <laughs> Harry and his band of Hendersons. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic movie. It's got. It's got a great love story. Score. It's got Madeline Stowe's in it. She's great. Oh, yep. Madeline, Stowe. she's good. I remember when it came out. They like the the trailer was on TV, and I was like, what the "Fuck is this?" And my mom was like, "Oh, it's the last of the Mohicans." It's a, you're like, but again, what the fuck is and this? Somehow, somehow she well, told me that the guy's name was Hawkeye, and I was like, like fucking from MASH? And then she tried to explain to me that Hawkeye and MASH was named after the character from The Last of the Mohicans. And I'd stop. Yeah, I'm just going to go watch MASH. It's, it's, well, see, there's a 1936 version that was made in black and white, and Michael Mann was real inspired by that by that version as well. That's why he actively sought this job out. I can't picture Michael Mann doing a period piece like this. It's so out of his... This is yeah, early, but it though. very this is much one of his first. for him. So, Last of the Mohicans, your... French and two. Indian War. Number two. Gotcha. My number two uh, is a movie that I'm dubious about, actually. I've never seen it. It's called Poop. It's, <laughs> it's not called Poop. Uh, it's called American Sniper. Oh, that's Clint Eastwood, man. Clint Eastwood. I remember a podcast he wasn't a while back it. where... One of the guys on this show was talking about how they could, if they could divorce their wife and marry Clint Eastwood, 
and then wait for just him to get to die, his money, and then remarry his wife. He'd be all about that. I would totally. So do ironically, that. he has two Clint Eastwood movies on his list. <laughs> yeah, good picking, Travis. I would. Well, it's because I'm trying to get a little more income generated to him before I shack up with him, <laughs> get him to divorce me. Trying, to butter, him, to, trying to butter him up before he butters you up. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the trailer alone was so damn intense because he was literally a sniper. Hence the title, but was but he was he was Iranian. But just he was trying to determine whether or not the person that had the package was a threat or not. Gotcha. And going back and forth between not sure if they're a threat or if they're a threat, with where he was positioned at is just and it was just like a ninety two minute trailer, ninety second two minute trailer, and you're just like, uh. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it was actually also Eastwood's like most profitable yeah, it actually, uh, picture. It really? actually beat Saving Private Ryan for the highest grossing war movie ever. Oh. Because it was it's, it was few was he, years after 9-11. Was he in Afghanistan? Was, yeah. It was it was post 9-11. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a tough watch. It's good, See, but to it's me, a tough watch. Honestly, to me it felt like a uh Propaganda film? Pro, uh, propaganda. I can understand uh, that because a, a it was, I'll be honest grab. with you, I would feel the same way. It felt like it was pandering to the time and place. And it kind of made me lose a little bit of respect for Eastwood. Now, I've not seen the movie or read the book. Really? Yeah, it just felt like pandering to me, man. Uh, and maybe maybe it's just because we live in the time that it depicts. In the parlance uh, of our times? In the, <laughs> the modern parlance of our times. This aggression will, will not, not stand, stand man. man. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I, I lose respect. It just felt like pandering. It felt like a pro-war movie to me. Kind of like 2011. It came out in 2011, 2012. 2014. Oh, 14. Okay. Because he, he later, actually got okay. out of the military uh, 2012. Chris Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, his story is unfortunately tragic, too. Yeah, it is. Sure, yeah. yeah. It, it, and I mean, no disrespect to... Soldiers or military, right. or anything like that. I just but, but we don't have any really modern wars on the list from either movie or either other than this. The one, most yeah. modern that I had was from the mid '90s, and it was the Ridley Scott picture. Um, I'll let you fill that one in, Kyle. Go ahead. Black Hawk Down. Yeah, Black Hawk you. Down. Yeah. Leave it to Travis to actually yeah, pull I that one. I don't from remember the ethers. <laughs> I don't remember shit from my own list. Let alone how do I remember shit from yours? Yeah, you did. I did. I just pulled Your it. Your memory still works. Just, that one sticks out to me because I don't... Because it was almost an anti-war movie. No, in no, no. Well, kind of. It Black Hawk Down was considered a pro-war movie. It sticks out to me because... It's pro-war, but it wasn't during an actual war engagement. But it sticks yes. out to me because Owen, then again, Owen Wilson. Wilson. That's no, he, Owen Wilson I, wasn't Oh, wow. My helicopter's going wow. down. <laughs> Owen oh. Wilson wasn't Oh, wow. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, military enrollment numbers skyrocketed after that movie came out. Just like Top people, Gun? Uh, no, Black Hawk Down. No, I'm saying just like Top Gun. Top yeah, Gun's yeah, my yeah. number. Top Gun's my other Tom Cruise movie on. <laughs> no, it's not. He <laughs> <laughs> wishes. All right, I'm sorry. I'm stepping on no, it's No, it's fine. Uh, so, American Sniper. It's my number two. Nathan, you're number two. Casualties of War. <laughs> Who directed that, Nathan? Fuck you, Brian De Palma. <laughs> if there was a here we go hi hat and symbols sitting next to Kyle, he would have went. I like Brian De Palma. Yet, believe it or not, 
I haven't seen Same. Casualties of War now, with Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. I was getting set up today <laughs> before you got here, and Kyle was type, uh, finishing up his notes. And he said, check out this shit. No, he was watching, he was watching a movie. Just, he was just watching the movie in the front room. Yep. And I forgot that we talked about it last night. Because um, Flash, fucking news flash, Kyle and I got drunk as shit last night. And then flash forward later, and then I was in the house going, what's Casualties of War sitting here on your, <laughs> on your coffee table? Ha <laughs> We'll, we'll get was, to it. So he's watching it today, and I'm, I'm getting things I'm getting things done in over here, and I just periodically would step out into the living room, and he and Jamie are out there watching it. And it was some scene, and just Michael J. Fox was being yelled at, because it seems to be what that movie's all about, is just Michael J. Fox being yelled yeah, at. he's a piece of shit because he tried to stop a rape and failed. What a, what a turd. Yeah. Uh, and it was this weird camera angle, and I was like, who the fuck directed this? And he goes... De Palma, don't you remember? And I went, oh, well, that that fucking explains it. That's why the camera angle is so fucking weird. It's like a, it's like an episode of Batman. It's like tilted, the, the Dutch tilts or whatever they're called. Yeah, it's effective. It's it, it looks good. I didn't I didn't get to see too much of it, but it was odd. I was actually I stood there and watched it long enough. I'm to surprised see to be honest with you that I had not I've not still seen this. Picture. I wanted to see if he did the De Palma cut. Where now, Michael like, J. Fox has some powerful scenes in that movie. He says fuck in it. Oh yeah. Have you heard Michael J. Fox? And he drinks a beer with like a no. pole tab. That's pretty badass. I don't want to see Michael. Or maybe J. a pop tab, whatever. I don't want to see him drink beer or swear. <sighs> well, he, he drinks beer and drinks a Teen Wolf. Do you think I ought to swear? Yes, Marty. God damn it, swear. swear. Every time Michael J. Fox is in a movie, I just want him to be Marty McFly in that movie. So that's understandable. Jesus Christ, Doc! Are you telling me you raped an indigenous personnel? <laughs> 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 oh goodness! You obliterate. Never mind. So my number, my number two is Casualties of War. Brian De Palma. I think it's late eighties. Now it, it didn't get the love it deserved. Eighty-seven. It's made eighty-seven, but okay. sandwiched in between Platoon and Full Metal Jacket. So it kind of got swept nice under the rug. Yeah. Vietnam sandwich. And of and, the two, you're going to take. Let's be honest. Willem Dafoe, Tom Berenger, and then Marty McFly and. Well, who's, apparently, who's, who's the stronger actors? Yeah, there, okay. You know, the Palma, the Palma was so excited about it. This was like his only window to actually do it and get the people he wanted. Okay, he really wanted Michael J. Fox for this. I bet he did. It was 1987. And, and uh, Sean Penn was probably one of his top three choices. Which I don't know why. Penn's not a bad actor. He's not. But I, I didn't. It just depends on the this. movie, but yeah. But it shows you how someone trying to do what's right, they're the bad guy. Sure. And it really. Or they can be seen as the bad yes. guy. Yes. And there's a scene in there where Dale Dye, who's been the aforementioned Dale Dye, but the, uh, he's giving Michael J. Fox a bunch of shit because he's upset they raped and murdered this uh, this innocent woman. <laughs> and the guy makes a comedy goes, they're not going to even do it. They're not going to do anything to him. They're going to sweep it under the rug. They're not going to be punished. So shut the fuck up. Michael J. Fox is like, you know, fuck you. I'm, this is the right. I'm doing what's Fuck right. you, man. Fuck you, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it was just, it was hard to watch, like, all these people ganging up against a guy who's just standing up for what's right. Trying to do the right thing, yeah. And, you know, they, they say everyone else is turning their back to it. He said, you know what? Maybe the right thing to do is really stand up for what's right because we're over here. Good good pick, Nathan. Thanks. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. What's your number two, Kyle? <laughs> My number two is Last of the Mohicans, Nathan. I hate you. Daniel oh, Day yeah. Lewis and Michael Mann. <clears throat> Travis, so what's your number one? It's Kyle's number. Shut up. Kyle's number one. That's where we go next. Your number one. It's your. 
scared. We've gone out of order. It's okay. You lasted this long. This is we. Yeah, this setup has been fucked up. It's confusing. It's okay. We're good. We're at the end of it. What's your number one? My number one is The Great Escape. Steve McQueen, everybody and their brother, Richard Atterborough's in it. Uh, James Garner, James yeah. Corbin, Charles Brock Bronson. Files is in it. Nice. We talked uh, about that last night. Yeah. It's a. I prefer Chicken Run myself. Um, Death Wish is in it. Yeah. You know. Oh, okay. Charles Bronson. Thank you. Charles Mr. Bronson. Mr. Harmonica. Right. <laughs> and everything this movie is on point with how it actually happened with one exception and that's all the Steve McQueen motorcycle chases Steve McQueen wouldn't do the movie unless he got to put the motorcycle chases in there which became somewhat iconic hmm. it's not only on the cover but became one of the greatest chase scenes up to that point in time and for several years several years after as well so did great he just, escape did, did he just want to ride a bike is yeah, he was he was doing some low. He level. did a lot of his stunts in yeah in he was, um, he was a in that movie. Uh, Tom Cruise yesteryear. Oh, okay, yeah. you good there? Thank you. No, I was making sure you're no, good. I'm good. Remember earlier when you thought I was being passive aggressive <laughs> on your one thing? I just I just care about you and making sure you didn't drop something valuable. I didn't jerk. But it's been over over 600 men spent over a year orchestrating this escape, and. They got out 76 people, which was by far the greatest escape. Most of them didn't escape. only escape for a very short period Hold of time up. or died, right? 73 got returned or 73 got captured. Of those 73, 23 got to go back to concentration camp and 50 were ordered by Hitler to be executed. To be killed. So at yeah. the very end oh. of the movie, it says this movie is dedicated to the 50. Oh, that's, and that's it's cool. really cool. In the beginning of the movie, it says... This is exactly how it happened. Yeah, McQueen was his thing was um, when he gets put into the hole, he's given his base, a baseball glove and baseball or whatever because he just, yeah. just 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 kill time. Yeah, three um, people made it though. That's yeah, the thing. but yeah, most did not. It. That's pretty cool. Of everything that they did, most did not. Um, I don't remember. Did you say Richard Attenborough was also in that? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah, he was Mr. X. Yeah. He's the guy who was uh, in charge of the whole. That was good. Most of the most of the motorcycle riding that McQueen did, I think, was his own stunt work as well. And outside of the one jump over the barbed wire fence, and him way. throwing his weight around because he said, "I'm not doing this movie unless you allow this to happen." I want a cool name like Mr. X. <laughs> you just get Mr. Y instead. <laughs> Noted. That's a good one. Never thought of it that way. Almost made it. <laughs> I guess that brings us to my number one, which is um, the fly. <laughs> I'm just looking through the pop filter, so. Oh, that's what your face. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see, I see you there. I was going to go for a donut joke, but I, I don't have one. It's a it's the dirty dozen. Oh, okay. That's good. That's been a little while since I've it. I've never too. seen it. I don't know if it's good or not. That's yeah. a good pick, Travis. <laughs> Thanks. No, I, I put a Thanks, lot of Thanks, Kyle. That's a good pick, Travis. <laughs> uh, I like where your head's at, Travis. <laughs> right on top of my shoulder. Right up my ass. It's, look, think of like um, uh, Inglorious Bastards in, in some ways. I've, because, heard, I've heard that, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the shit job that all of the rejects kind of get in some ways and it's that oh it's rogue one yeah that's it okay oh, i never thought about that way too actually man. i heard i heard rogue one described as uh a star wars dirty, dirty dozen. dozen yeah yeah well, it's, it's good it's it's so well casted you got jim brown lee marvin 
Telly Savalos, Donald Sutherland, John Cassavetes. Cassavetes. I think I said Cassavetes. I was. I, I know and, uh, that is because I like er, the way. Ernest that... Borgnine's even in it. So Borgnine. Yeah, he's. Oh. Fucking fat ass general. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, Donald Sutherland actually. Uh, he only got this job because some no name piece of shit turned it down, and the no name turned it down because he said it'll ruin my career if I take this job. It's Clint Eastwood. So no, so oh. guy never made it because oh. he turned. He was a no name. He really never made it. Yeah, he literally, oh, wow. he literally so, was okay. Is this before or after Mash? This is before, but in not fact, far, not far from it though. In correct. Fact, there's a clip. Very pretty, Colonel. Very pretty. But can they fight? Yes, sir. City, Missouri, sir. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Donald Sutherland got booked for the movie MASH based on this clip. On the Actually, clip or on his role? On this clip. On this portion huh. of the movie is what the director saw for MASH and said, I want this guy. In pod people. I mean. To play in, in movie MASH. Huh. And this is what made him an international star. Is Alan Alda. Because he... <laughs> Sorry. He didn't play Alan Alda in MASH. <laughs> you... I'm being a dick. I apologize. <laughs> you need some oyster crackers. Uh, no. You get a little rammy. Fuck no, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You need some oyster crackers. You <laughs> get a little crackers. You get a little rammy after one or two extra beers. <laughs> you start to purposely... Remember that episode of The Simpsons where... <laughs> The one elephant starts just headbutting the other elephant. No, the one elephant starts headbutting the other elephant. And the the guy at the zoo looks at Homer and he goes, some animals are just jerks, Mr. Simpson. (laughs) You're being a jerk elephant right now. Attaboy, Stampy. Put him once for me. Gosh, I thought he'd be happier in his true habitat. Oh, I think he is. Then why is he attacking all those other elephants? Well, animals are a lot like people, Mrs. Simpson. Some of them are just jerks. Stop that, Mr. Simpson. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Uh, Jack Palance <laughs> passed on the role that Telly Savalas played. Thought you were going to say passed AJ away. Maggot, due to the racial comments that Eey. Telly Savalas makes towards Jim Brown. Fo- football Martin. player Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah. football yeah. player Jim Brown. To which Jim Brown attacks him and a fight ensues. Lee Marvin goes out and the military police like what's going on in there he said oh just some um, a discussion over seating arrangements for dinner <laughs> god john wayne actually passed on lee marvin's role due to lee marvin's character having an affair during the movie which actually ended up getting cut from the final that's final what cut. that's what john wayne disapproved of yeah he disapproved of huh. lee marvin's character having an affair all right passed on the role and that part got cut from the movie anyway all right so one. i that's there's my number one Good pick, Travis. I was. I was. I put a lot of thought on that. <laughs> My number one is uh, uh, Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge, which I still haven't seen. I didn't even know that was a movie. Yeah. Oh, it's a badass movie. Because Battle of Okinawa. It's, um, mm. he's a, it's, the, the narrative is uh, a passive. Uh, conscientious subject. A conscientious, oh, don't ask me to say that again. Conscientious. Nope, can't do it either. Yeah, thanks. I was, I was going to go for it. Yeah, I like it. that. Objector. I got that one. to touch a rifle. <laughs> right. 
How many lives does he save in this film? 75 Good in one God. battle. In the Battle of Okinawa, he saved How? 75 men. How? He got busted with a sniper, by a sniper rifle, and the left arm crawled 300 yards with one arm, with, with one arm, and they took it out of the movie because it was so unbelievable. Mm. They didn't think it actually would have happened? Wow, that's, that's, that's nuts. It's funny. Because they, they didn't think people would actually believe it. 20 years earlier, Mel Gibson probably would have been able to actually get that scene in the film. When did this come out? It was supposed to start. It was like 2015, 2016? Who right? starred in this? V- Vince Vaughn played uh, our lead army character. Uh, but, no, uh, who's the... Mel Gibson was supposed to play the our lead army character. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't. But he didn't want to direct and act, and plus he didn't want to give the appearance that he was... Saving Jews. <laughs> I was going to say they're racially sensitive. <laughs> well, uh, Andrew Garfield. Played Thank you, Desmond Thank Doss. Andrew Garfield. Um, he played Desmond Doss, uh, the superstar of the movie. Okay, played two and Spider-Man movies, and he was in Social Network. If you saw his face, you, may, you might recognize him. I might. Probably not, though. Well, <laughs> was he, he in House? I don't know. No, probably not. <laughs> he, seen he, did, he does an amazing job portraying this guy. Because this guy's kind of a. Nerdy fella that doesn't have a whole lot to him. Classic case of judging a book by his cover. Did he get drafted? No, he volunteered. Even though he was a conscientious objector. His dad was also in the war. His dad was in World War I. Okay. I've been told it's it's incredible. And there's probably at least two, I would say three of your six I should have seen by now, and I just haven't. The only ones I really didn't know, the only one I really didn't know about was The Boys in Company C. I should have by now seen Spartacus, Casualties of War, and um, Hacksaw Ridge, but now I will, probably within the next week or two. I know know Andrew Garfield said he took a lot of notes with uh, Mel Gibson. Gibson's a good director. He really, regardless of. His hate mongering, his, his how problematic he's a he can really be. yeah he I mean uh, Apocalypto's really good as well. He's just he's he's really good behind the camera. It's just in, in, he, in front of the camera, work on getting funding for the movies he wants to make. Fifty nine days with no budget. God, that's at all. nuts. In twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, something like that. So Kyle, that's my number one. Number one. <laughs> What's your number one? He he did his number one already. Did he? My yeah. number one is The Great Escape. It's got Steve McQueen. <laughs> God, man. Well, I can't always keep forgetting that I'm 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 Normally, I'm in the rear. Yeah, I'm normal. getting it in the rear. Or <laughs> there is no possible. I keep forgetting that I'm the last one of the group. You're the last of the Mohicans. My number two. So Travis, what's your? <laughs> My number one is Star Wars. <laughs> you you saw it's my it. Favorite war movie but, ever. But, no, but it's The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Oh, that's the one. That's one where there's actually war in it, the trade war with the Japanese and the Americans. That's basically what it is. <laughs> the Japanese aliens, Newt Gunray, that guy. Are we ever going to talk about a Star Wars on here? One day we might. I don't, I don't really care to. You know you want to and you don't want to. I don't want time. to. I don't. I don't want to talk about. I mean, I already told you that if we ever do, we have to sit down and do the Roger Corman equivalent, which is a battle beyond the stars. I would rather do Star Crash. What? It's man. Okay, I'll you don't you. even need it. David Hasselhoff is in it. Oh, that's already a vote no in my book. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's our war movies 2.0. I don't know any possible way we could do a 3.0. 
It made the impossible possible today, but you never know. <laughs> I'm not mailing in that uh, card. I'm going to tell you that right now. Are you going to burn it? <laughs> You're going to burn it? Right. <laughs> Move to <laughs> my conscientious <Canada>. objector. <laughs> I'm going to Canada before I do a 3.0. <laughs> oh, God. I have no idea what we're going to do next week. Um, Neither does anyone else or myself. But uh, it'll be good. Kyle, will you come back, do another episode with us at some point? Absolutely. Sweet. I look forward to that. Hit us up. Get on the iTunes, the Spotify. Can you rate us on Spotify? I don't, I even don't know. think so. Well, if you can, do that. I, I just recently downloaded the Spotify. If app. you can't figure out how you can, you know what? If, if, you, if you listen to us on Spotify, go listen to us on iTunes and give us a rating there because Spotify is complicated as fuck. I tried it yesterday and I couldn't even play the song that I downloaded it to play. You had to have a, uh, an account. It's got to be your bowl. Uh, <laughs> buy a t shirt, buy a sticker. That'd be great. T shirt's $8 plus shipping. You buy a t-shirt, we'll send you a free sticker. We might have different shirts by then. Who knows? We may. Actually, I'm working on I'm working on something secret right now that you don't even know about. You don't even know. You'll know by the time this airs. It'll be cool. Or it won't be, but if it's not... You'll it. never see it. If it's, <laughs> if it's not, fuck it. <laughs> anyway. Um, Kyle, thanks for coming in, man. We'll, hey, thanks uh, for having me. We'll have one more episode. I think you've got another list for us. and It'll be an interesting uh, mix, I'm sure. Don't tip the hat yet. I won't. That's all I'm going for. All right. That's all I'm well, going. until then, I'm not Nathan. And I am not Travis. Stay I'm off. nobody. <laughs> Stay off the moors. Six Pack Double Feature is a Copec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. Oh boy, buffalo testicles!